I generally help. Log Talk Radio. And as usual, our intro just doesn't really want to work. We're trying, but such is life. Just gives us more time to, dis- to discuss synchronized swimming, skeet shooting, and everything else that's going on in the world right now. Seth and Sean Sports Radio. Seth came and Sean Palmer from a slight, from a very cold day in New York City. I'm getting a weird look from from Sean. Of course, I pretty much haven't been outside in 96 hours, so I wouldn't really know. I was about to say, for the guy that works from home, that works in air conditioning all day, that probably hasn't sweated through more than one shirt in a day since this heat wave has began. A frigid temperature in his apartment. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> I went to the Met game on Saturday night. Now, granted, I did go to the Met game, which in itself is a problem. If you'd like to call in 760-283-0846 and sweat through three shirts and then watch Sticks and remembered why Sticks is playing at City Field instead at midnight. of at midnight. Yeah. Now, to be tr- to be honest, they did play very well, and the game was somewhat amusing. But as my friends who went with me said, we paid $19 for a stick show and added on a baseball game, not the other way around. The Mets have been playing awful, aside from Saturday and then last night. Yesterday, Stephen Matz almost throwing a no-hitter, going seven and a third. But other than that, it's been pretty deplorable in flushing. Now, on the opposite side, it's been nothing but interesting in the Bronx. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. Um, Teixeira retires. A-Rod retires. They trade, they trade Ronis Chapman. They trade Andrew Miller. They trade Carlos Beltran. Does A-Rod actually retire? Because I don't think so. Well, of course it does. There is something very funny about the fact – something – very timely, I should say, about the fact that within a week of his quote-unquote retirement, Giancarlo Stanton is now announced to be out for the year. And where else would A-Rod like to finish his career but where he's from in Miami? Well, I'd go even further. Where else can he play? Because there are very few – first of all, he wants to play for a contender if he's going to play at all. He wants to play local – and he wants a starting position. And if A-Rod can play first base, which I believe he probably can. That's the thing. Like First base is one of those positions where I believe that you can play if given the opportunity, if you're athletic enough, and you want to play the position. Now, people will look back and say, well, Mike Piazza couldn't play first base. That's not true. Mike Piazza didn't want to play first base. There is a big difference between the two. And the fact is, I think A-Rod could very well play a suitable first base, provide a little bit of hitting, and I don't think he's done. Even for this year, I don't think he's done. When he went to second base on that double, he was triumphant, if nothing else. And I think that that probably put a little bit of pep in his step. Now, I'll tell you one thing. Shame on Joe Girardi. I was not a fan of what Girardi did last week. They should have let him play the whole game. They should have Not even the whole game. How about the whole week? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. By the way, this just popped up. This was just issued literally three minutes ago from A-Rod's publicist. 
A-Rod will not play for another team in 2016. So much for me being right. <laughs> he did not indicate, however, whether Rodriguez would consider making a comeback in 17. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. But no, I, I agree. This is now a team that's pretty much playing for a dra- not playing for draft picks per se, but they're not playing to make the playoffs. They're well, actually, against- they are. They're in. They're in. They're not in the wild card, but they're two game. They're I think a half a game out of the wild card. The idea being they would not have sold all their player, traded all their players. Are you talking about the Yankees or the Marlins? Yankees. Oh, okay. I thought we were flipping to the Marlins. No, I was talking about the Yankees are definitely. The Yankees are in Aaron Judd and Tyler Austin territory. When they released A Rod, they they called up those two guys and And each of them hit a home run. Wouldn't you know it? They both hit a home run. Then Judge hit hit another one the next day. By the way, Jake is not a big fan of Of A Rod. -Rod. He can join the club. But so anyway, uh, yeah, no, Miami or Florida, whatever you call them at this point, is is a half game out, and it would be an interesting pickup. Who is Florida's first baseman? Well, they did have Justin Bohr, B A O U R, and he's hit 15 home runs this year, but he's hurt too. The concept is they don't have any power. They don't have anybody that plays. They they have first baseman, but they're light hitting, and right now they just lost their best outfielder. In Giancarlo Stanton, they still have Christian Yelich, and now you're going to see Ichiro being put into major duty. I was going to say playing pretty much on a daily basis. And last year, when he played every day, he suffered. He batted 220 roughly, and this year in part-time duty, he's batting 316. So you never know with him. Right, but again, he's coming into full term, full duty, full duty. Anyway, he's coming. He's going to be playing full time. Yes, I just went there as I get an incredulous look from my, from my radio partner um, in August, as opposed to April or May. Yes. He's not playing a full season. That is correct. But the dog days of summer are here and yes, they are. We'll see what happens. Look, it's, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, look, I, 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 you never root for somebody to be hurt, but if anybody's going to be hurt, the Marlins top player would be on my top list of getting hurt because the Mets are still two out of the wild card. Now, granted, they do have to jump over the Marlins and they have to jump over the Cardinals, who are a formidable task. But two games is two games. And if they're pitching pitches like they did yesterday, Stephen Matz throwing seven and a third of no-hit ball, and then Saturday, Jacob deGrom throwing six and a third of no-hit ball, the Mets are built on pitching. So if they get that type of pitching performance, they could definitely make a run in the playoffs. And they're not a team, because of their staff, they're not a team I think anyone would particularly be thrilled playing. Especially in a one-game playoff. Look, if you, if, if you have that second playoff team, second playoff team, if you have the second wild card, remember the wild cards play each other. Now, could you imagine, I would love Syndergaard to go against anybody, yeah. right? And if Syndergaard has to pitch that last day of the game, last game of the season. Then you have DeGrom. You have DeGrom. You have Matt. Like, it's not like they only got one guy. But I'll tell you, the one team that surprised me is the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have not faltered at all since the Clayton Kershaw injury. Clayton Kershaw hasn't pitched since June. And that team is second in the league in ERA behind guys like Brett Anderson, Brandon McCarthy. I mean, these guys, uh, Kent Mayada, who? the, the Japanese Kent? guy. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the guy. 
look, the, it's not that there are a bunch of nobodies, but they're certainly not number one pitchers, especially after losing uh, Zach Greinke. Got to right. be a little surprised by them. Yeah, and, and obviously the Giants are the Giants, and it's an even year. Right. And those two teams, I mean, whoever loses that will be the fate, will have most likely have the home field advantage for any wild card team, any wild card game that happens, whether it's St. Louis or the Marlins or the Mets for that matter, or the Pirates for that matter. Um, in the East, as we said, the Yankees, I mean, yeah, they're, they're holding on to being over 500. And if they can get to, if they can play 500 this season, that's kind of a heck of, considering how bad that team really has been. It's, yeah. nice, it's not a bad year. Yeah, agreed. I mean, look, we, We've talked about this before in that the Yankees are, have no pitching, and they still have no pitching. It's interesting that one of my buddies, Mike Nitsky, who uh, went to the Mets game with me, was belaboring the fact that every time a Yankee prospect comes up, he plays very well. And he was stating, I hate it because when the Mets prospects come up, they don't play well. And I was thinking about that today. I think he's a little insane because – the Mets hitting prospects don't play well, but the Yankees pitching prospects don't play well. So it's kind of you get one half of the spectrum. The Yankees Severino came up and did what for half a year, right? And this year he's done absolutely nothing. The Mets, okay, it's all pitching on their side. You don't get Steven Matz last year. You don't get Noah Syndergaard last year. They don't have guys this year, but you can't have an influx of talent every, every single, single year. year. Just doesn't happen. Well, I, do, I just go back to Generation K when I think of Really? The, you got to go there? Of course, I had to go there. You got to go. Look, Pulsiver, Isringhausen, Paul Wilson, man, those guys look good in the minors. <laughs> they did. Well, look, Isringhausen had a decent career. But again, it proves As a reliever point. in St. Louis. It does prove the point, that, and in the athletics, it does prove the point that minor leaguers are no sure thing. So when trades are made – for minor leaguers at the at the deadline, and you see the, these Gabriel Torres for the for the Yankees, right, and Clint Frazier for the Yankees, they're nice in theory. They're not they're nice in theory that they will uh, materialize to something. And look, I'm a huge Clint Frazier fan. I think he's going to be a superstar. But again, that's all in theory. It's not in practice. We can rattle off a dozen to two dozen names just off the top of my head of minor leaguers that were great. But just didn't make it. Brian Taylor is the first, the first one, one I was thinking in my mind as well. And you know, we'll see how it plays out. But Cashman has at least put them in a position where two years down the road they could become very, they could become very, very good spot on. Again. So just to give you guys a little bit of a heads up, next week will be our fantasy football preview, followed by our NCAA preview, which is Seth's one of Seth's favorite shows because he knows I will not speak for the majority of the show. And then we, have the, then we have the NFL preview on Labor Day. And that will be a probably 7 o'clock start. I, I, I know that we have fantasy football drafts that run around that. I believe mine is at 9 that night, so we will work around that. As best um, as possible. And I will be back from Minnesota from the land of many lakes where I will be at Target Field on Saturday night. And the, uh, Why are you going to Minnesota? So I do have friends that live in Minnesota. I have not been to Target Field. And the only time that I've ever been to Minnesota was on my cross-country trip as a child, and I slept through the entire state. So I, I'm I not sure that won't happen again. Well, but the fact is I can't claim that I've been to Minnesota if I have slept through an entire state. Now, the greatest quote that my mother has ever made was when I was done with the state of Minnesota and we were coming out, I woke up. 
And I said, Mom, what I miss? And she goes, Minnesota. And I said, so what did I miss? She goes, lakes and corn. That's about it. And I was like, really? Nothing else? She goes, lots of lakes, lots of corn. You didn't miss much. So, well, you know what? I'll go to Target Field. I'll go to the Mall of the Americas and go on the, uh, the, ro- the, ro- go on the, the roller coaster ro- indoors. And I hear that there's a state fair, so I'm hoping to catch a pig. I wish you the best of luck in that. I'll bring him back for Jake. Jake will have a pet. Awesome. If we can cook him, we can make bacon and ham. No, no, no. A pet. Great. So Layla will have a friend. You're going to give him a pot belly pig. You know, the thing is, I did see on a plane once a, a dog case with a pig in it. No joke. A pig was in a dog case. Sounds like the beginning of a bad joke. Or a good friend for Layla. One of the two. Fair enough. Does your new apartment allow pigs? We haven't checked. We're only allowed one animal. And since I barely count. <laughs> and you are an animal, my friend. As, as, as it has been discussed many times. Okay, so are you Olympic doubt at this point? So we've gone through, what, a week and two days of the Olympics. Yeah. A lot of Olympics. Michael Phelps, ridiculous. Gymnastics, ridiculous. Are you a – I'll tell you one thing. I'm Michael Phelps doubt. Not to say that that's a – not to say that he can't win another gold medal because who knows, he'll probably be playing center on the U.S. basketball Olympic team just to add to his medal count. But I've gotten enough of that guy. It's very funny. For me, it's been a little bit different because, as everyone who listens knows, I am recently a pops. So I have been working from home. And, you know, my, in my CPA practice, which I do when I'm not running my sports radio practice. You have uh, a practice? I have a practice. 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 <laughs> We're talking about practice? By the way, if anybody wants to see anything, something really, really funny, Alan Iverson did a press conference in preview of his Hall of Fame announcement, and they asked him about practice again. So I was very <laughs> much, if, if you want to YouTube this, he, uh, he pretty much said, well, you know my feelings back then. Do you think they've changed since I don't play? <laughs> Very funny. Anyway, continue. So I've been waking up at God knows what hour, and all I do is I sit at my desk and I have a TV 15 feet away. And between that and Aww. the baby nurse and the wife and the mothers visiting, yeah, how else would I escape but to watch like 37 straight hours? I have watched more Olympics this year than probably the last four, three combined. I think I've probably watched 60 to 70 hours. So are you done? No, because I still work from home. (laughs) (laughs) You can't be done. And it's either this or Wendy Williams. Well, I was about to say, there is no other television on. No. HBO and Showtime still have their, like, series. Ray Donovan's still on. Uh, Vice President is on, which is a really good show. Um, The Last Ship was on, which is a TNT show that was on last night. I do come to Sean for whenever I want to see a bad movie or bad television. The man has, I mean, I I should do a best quotes of Sean's last five years on the show from movies. And if there is one that is not based on Marvel, I will be shocked. I do a lot that aren't based on Marvel. Come on. I do. Most, I, I quote actually, Blazing Saddles a lot. You do quote Blazing Saddles. Caddyshack. They don't quote Caddyshack. You love Caddyshack. It on you, though. You love, you love Caddyshack. You don't quote Caddyshack. There is um, not a man alive that does not love Caddyshack. Nah, I'm sure there's a few. But, and actually, right now, as we're doing the show, we're watching Argentina-Spain because 
well, it's actually of all basketball games, is a pretty interesting matchup, although Spain looks very, very good. Which today. is surprising because Spain has looked very, very bad the entire yeah. – they played against Brazil, and I don't know what – I don't know if this is Hoosiers, where Hoosiers, they came and they measured the, the, uh, the free throw line, and they said it's the same as you find in Hickory. I believe that Paul Gasol has magically elongated the free throw line because he shot – Seven for 13 from the three throw line in the Brazil game. And they lost because they couldn't shoot a free throw. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But here we got uh, Spain up 17 over Argentina. And this is the quarters, right? Are we in the knockout? No, this is the last. This is the last oh, so nobody cares still. Well, well Spain needs to win, right? Spain needs to win. France, who didn't give a damn about the U.S. game yesterday, sits Tony Parker and loses by three. And at the beginning of that game, they looked very good. I think this is a tendency with the U.S. They looked very good in the first half. And for some reason in the second half, when other teams ratchet up their either offense or their defense, they seem to flounder. Do you find the same thing? I don't, I, I don't think there's any doubt about this. If you look at the last three games, now again, yes, the, 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 basketball is no longer simply America's game, although unless you look at the women's league and then it's completely America's game. There is no reason that Australia is was within five with a minute to go. There's no reason who was the was it Croatia? Oh, France was well, within. Who was the one on Friday night? When, Serbia. Serbia, excuse me. Within there is a talent. There is still an enormous talent disparity here. If you took the top twelve players in the Olympics, I would guess seven or eight of them are still. I would go even further, probably if not ten, more. if not tw- if not all twelve. Who's the worst player on Team USA? Harrison Barnes. Okay, fine. You might be able to find somebody better than that. Ginobili's probably better than Barnes. There's probably 30 guys that are better than Barnes. Okay. You know, so let's go 10 deep, right? Okay. I mean, but the fact is, in this league, let me ask you something. Do you think that there should be a college player on this team? So would Ben Simmons have – I think Ben Simmons should have gotten a spot. Well, here's the problem. Ben Simmons wouldn't be playing for the U.S. True. He would have been playing for Australia. Australia. Okay, do you believe that a college player, player. at least one, right? And they've done it twice. They did it with the Dream Team, and then Anthony Davis made it last time. Yeah. And I think that that makes the team a little bit more fun. Like, I don't find myself rooting for this team. I mean, I root for Carmelo because, believe it or not, Carmelo is really good in the international game. He always has. Yeah. He, He may go down as the greatest is the best American, actually, in, in that Oh, well, he's also played one played, more year, yeah. right? Well, he also could play in four years as LeBron, potentially. You, know, in, you mean in four in years? 20, yeah. 20 in 2020. So, Tokyo. I think Carmelo will be 36 at that point. So, maybe. Look, Kobe played when he was 36. And Kobe was actually Yeah. So, I mean, it certainly could happen. And Melo, of all players, has taken the Olympic um, – to ta- Olympic task to heart. He's always been that guy, right? Yeah. He's always said, yeah. And to yes, be fair, yes. he has a lot of his summers off, late springs, early summers off. Well, I think that was a point, too, that my buddies and I were talking about. Do you fault LeBron and Russell Westbrook and no. Stephen Curry for sitting this out? Because I don't fault them at all. No. This, look, this con- when I think of pride, Olympic pride, I think of it in the sports where people are not make you know, are really giving in something to make this Olympic team, meaning, and I'm not stating this exactly correctly, but 
I think of the guys who make $30,000 a year so they can be a rower. To, to, so all they can do is make the Olympic team or a skeet shooter or a loser. I just like the word loser. Loser. Loser in the winter. When you're making $12 million a year, I, I don't feel the same affinity. I don't have the same affinity for it. Okay, well, I always, I always like running this question by you because I, for those that do listen to the show, we know that Seth's aversion to the national anthem at the beginning of games. Yeah. U.S. games. I'm not sure if he has the same aversion for the Olympics. That's number one. And number two, do you have the same aversion when they win a gold of the national anthem being played? No. Well, it's a question. No, I, I, well, no it's a valid one. No, I have no – when you are representing your country, then there, I have no issue with the national anthem being played. Okay. If you win a gold medal and you want to reflect – you know, that's a, that's a nationalistic pride, I have no problem Do you with stand it. up for it? Yeah. If you're going to do it, you do it right. Uh, look, I agree. I, even when it's on TV, I stand up for the national anthem every time. You're giving me a look. That's why I just asked you. Do you I stand up for it? Now. I you're, asked you if you you're stood... making up. You're making out with the girl. What... I'm not going to be doing that during you're a, not, gonna be... not, not during a ceremony. So you're going to, instead of having sex, you're going to stop so you oh, can stand up and be a full attention? over the board here. Okay, let's How understand. Much, what attention are we at here? Let's understand. Okay. Are we at full mass? You went well over a line here. <laughs> my point. You went there. My, no, I didn't. Uh, my was point fun. was, if I am watching the Olympics and the national anthem is played for the U.S., I stand up. Okay. I don't think that there. I don't think that there has ever been a time when the national anthem is played, whether this be at a live game or on TV, that I do not stand up because whether or not. I think it should be played is immaterial to the respect that I give it. And to me, people die so I can listen to that anthem. So I should give it the respect I believe it deserves. That's not to say everybody else should be the same. No, I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong. Um, when, I'm, when I am at games, whether I agree that it should be there or not, I do stand. Sure. I know. Um, I've been with you. Yes. When I'm when I'm sitting here, when I'm sitting home, do I stand? No, I don't. Okay. Pride. Do I feel pride? Pride when I hear it after someone wins a gold medal. Again, it it depends on a lot of. Usually, yes. Occasionally, it'll depend on the circum on the circumstances. Well, does here? Here's my question though. Why does it matter how much they earn to the pride that you have in the basis that they win? They still won because for the I, U.S. They didn't win again, for for themselves I, I, necessarily. I understand, but to me, the pride I have when it comes to the Olympics are the people who I feel truly sacrificed to make that happen. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Okay. I'm saying that's my feeling. So do you feel that – So, and, and again, this is more probing. It's not, it's not for, so you to get defensive and certainly not for me to get – No, not at all. Do you think that the other Olympic teams, in, say in basketball, where – the U.S. have these $14 million players and Spanish players earn less, right? Because they're not the top five, top ten, whatever. Do you think that they should hold it more special? I think they do because the idea is any, when they win this, there's also there's an expectation. The U.S. has an expectation that they will win every basketball medal. Well, Michael Phelps has an expectation he's going to win every medal that he's in. Michael Phelps is also – 
a bit of an anomaly to everything known to oh, me. Oh, I agree, but I'm just saying the expectation is still there, right? If yeah, well, the, yes, the expectation is still there. And it's an interesting premise to try and hit on. Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Okay. You know, to me, I mean, I remember the 04 Olympics, and I pretty much blatantly rooted against, and I believe you did too, rooted against the men's basketball team in 04. 04. Who was on that? That was the one, that was year they lost. That was the Paul Pierce that was year. The Stephen Marbury. Yeah. Well, I, there was nobody on that team I liked except for Duncan. Here you go. Not one Not person did I like on that team. That was Allen Iverson. That was that was Paul Pierce. That was Stephon Marbury. That they, Jason Kidd was on that team too. But there were very few pe- likable people on that team. And I completely agree with that. This team today has more likable personalities. I wouldn't say that there are. They're, it's definitely not the dream team likability, no. but the way nobody... that they went in in 2004, it wasn't even who you liked. It's who you didn't think belonged on an international stage representing the U.S. I didn't think Allen Iverson deserved to be on that team, not because he wasn't good enough to be on that team. I don't think he's a good representation of what we bring to the table. Interesting, but during the early 2000s, he was exactly what the NBA was representation. The, of the NBA, NBA is different than what I believe a U.S. Olympian should be. U.S. Olympian to me is do you somebody. Think Mar- do you think DeMarcus Cousins? No, but I think that there are more players on today. I look. I think Carmelo is. I think Durant is. I think Clay Thompson is. I think um, darn it, uh, Kyle Lowry is. I mean, these are guys that. None of them, as far as I recall, have committed a crime. None of them have – no, I'm, I'm trying to recall back, right? None of them have committed a crime. None of them you – look, the practice rant that we just talked about was funny. It was. But if you're going to be, again, a role model, and this goes back to the role model conversations. Which it seems like we come back to every week. But you know what? In this case, I think it's warranted. Your, your Olympians should be role models. You may say that your professional teams don't need to be, but your professional teams aren't putting across their country's emblem. They're not representing you on the world stage. They're representing you on the NBA stage. And to me, I think that that's very important. And I have a very, I, I didn't find one person. Well, I did one person, maybe two people on the 2014 that I sincerely rooted for. I'm trying to think. I think there were three, actually. Pierce, Kidd, and Duncan. That's about it. Garnett was on that team? I don't think so. Okay. I can look it up. Okay. The fact is, there are many on that. And I don't believe DeMarcus Cousins deserves to be on that team. I don't think DeAndre Jordan deserves to be on that team. The problem is that those two guys, there are no big men left in the NBA. Andre Drummond? No, DeAndre Jordan. No, oh, Andre Drummond's another one that can't hit a foul shot. So why should he be on the stage either? So, all right, here is oh here is the team: Allen Iverson, Stephon Marbury, Dwayne Wade, Carlos Boozer, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Omeka Okafor, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, Tim Duncan, Lamar Odin, Richard Jefferson. Okay, so half of those guys committed crimes. I mean. I'm just throwing it out there. Seven out of 14 probably committed a crime. Definitely six out of 14 committed a crime, but I I think Odom was seven. And the fact is, how many guys on the team right now 
have committed crimes. I don't think any of them have. No idea. And Boogie Cousins, yeah, is immature, but and he's a brat, but he's 22 years old, 23 years old. He's not Iverson, who's been in the league x amount of years and is has destroyed two or three coaches. He's only destroyed two, maybe three. But the fact is, it's a majority. By the way, at the end of uh, three quarters, um, Spain up over Argentina by 14. So Spain definitely making their their way into the uh, gold, not the gold, the medal round here. So anyway, we're we're talking back about being Olympied out, Olympic out. So swimming's over, track and field is half over. Not half over, but it, yesterday was really the first full day of it. I think maybe two days ago. Well, you had a lot of gold medals brought, brought forth yesterday. Okay. Usain Bolt totally dominating that field. And the interesting thing was when when he launched himself at the beginning of that race, he wasn't in front. No, he, he wasn't came all the way back. No, he was about in about fourth or fifth place, and Justin Gatlin was in the lead, which seems to be the tip, typically what happens. And at about seventy meters, he passes him, and that's it. And he now he'll now run later this week for the 200. See if he can become the first person to ever go 100, 200, three straight times, which would probably make him the greatest, you know, the greatest short distance runner of all time, if he's not there already. Well, I think you have. Well, I think that was part of a discussion I had earlier with other guys. Who is the greatest Olympian of all time? Is it Michael Phelps? Is it Mark Spitz? Is it Jesse Owens? Is it Carl Lewis? Is it Jackie Joyner-Kersey? Is it Florence Griffith Joyner? I mean, you can go on and on and on. I think Jackie Joyner's in that discussion. And I'm and Carl Lewis is definitely right at the top. I think Carl Lewis is number one. Here's why. As great as Phelps is, as great as Spitz was, the swimmers do one thing. They swim. Now, they may swim different strokes. They really? Different That's different. what they do. That's they all swim. they do. Lewis, to me, did two, com- two completely different things, running in, both as a runner and, and as doing the long jump. Yeah, he did exactly what Jesse Owens did. Yeah, but he did it over more Olympics. Agreed. Um, he did win the four. The, winning the four in 84 was not as impressive as Owens winning the, 30, the four in 36 in the Führer's uh, homeland. Yeah. Considering Russia wasn't involved, however, to win six more Olympic, Olympic medals over the next twelve years, including three more long long jumps, is extraordinarily impressive. No doubt, absolutely no doubt, and I, I think you're probably right in that respect. That he is definitely the greatest athlete, track athlete, in the Olympics. If we want to segregate them as opposed to their events, certainly the best one in there. I think Kersey is probably the best women woman, Jackie Joyner-Kersey, set the bar for women. Maybe Wilma Rudolph in that discussion as well in in the 60s. 54, I think it was. 54, Wilma Rudolph? 60s? Okay. So you and I were having discussions many times over the course of the last couple of weeks about sports that we don't even think should be in the Olympics. And golf was definitely one of those sports that I certainly do not believe should be in the Olympics. Yesterday, the first medal, uh, Justin... Justin Rose, did you even pay any attention to that sport during this Olympics? Because no. it was on. It was on NBC. And the beauty part is I could change it to CNBC and watch none of it. 
and I really don't understand. I don't understand NBC's uh, broadcasting. Maybe you might be able to ha- touch upon this. So instead of showing the gymnastics finals on NBC, now they do have many different channels, so they do put it on many different. But those that still only have broadcast, we're stuck watching gym- track semis instead of the gymnastics finals. What it seems more and more and is the U.S. that NBC only really wants to televise things where Americans are winning gold. Well, gymnastics is nobody winning more. Right, but the, in the singular events, in the men's they didn't, and they won a bronze in like one in one of the individual events, and they didn't. Simone Biles only won, did not win five gold medals. Right, she won a silver. silver today, I believe. Or yeah, that's it. Sorry to ruin it for everybody. Um, so it, it strikes me as they really only want to show the names, and they only want to show. See, to me, the the, the great story is. Are not always. I mean, the U.S. has some great stories like everyone else, but it's part of it's part and it's part of the spiel. But I want to see. Uh, I'm not averse to watching other countries and other people succeed. And look, you know the the, the woman who be I uh, forget the name. Willie uh, Ledecky was unbelievable. Ledecky um, was inhuman. I mean, I don't know who was doing the announcing for the swimming. Rowdy Gaines was done. But the line of. Nobody else is in the screen. <laughs> it was one of the best lines I've heard of. And Ledecky was, like I said, inhuman. They were talking about she swam the 800 and the way it was in the screen. I think the reason they don't have a 1600 is she would lap somebody. Well, she almost lapped someone in the 800. Right. Well, that's to, win, to win by 11 seconds is obscene. And she's even better at the 1500. So I, I'm assuming that wouldn't be anyone within 20 seconds. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. No, I understand. And that's not an Olympic event. But it got to a point where to watch – see, the thing I love about the, about the Olympics is watching the sports that I don't get to watch. And we talked about European handball. Did you European watch that this week? Because I loved it. I did. I watched it. Oh, that dude's got a mullet. Um, I, did, I, did watch, I did watch it a lot this week. I watched ping pong this week. You I, know me and ping pong. Yeah. I, I watch hours. I, I have not watched admittedly too much badminton, but I think it's just started. It started, and you but you got plenty of time at home. I got plenty of time, but it has been fun. Watch those sports are so much more fun to me to watch. Um, I mean, look, the swimming was amazing, but again, I don't know if it was amazing as I enjoyed it so much, or because I do root for the I do root for the U.S. And you have the Simone Manuel story, which was great, and you have Ledecky, which is great. And you have Lily King, which was a fantastic. <laughs> Let me ask you this. So, Lily King, for those that are unaware of what she did, she won the gold in the breaststroke against a Russian swimmer who she called out and said she should not be in the meet at all because she tested positive for, uh, for drugs at some point. She served a suspension, and then Lily King faces her in the Olympics and wins. And when asked about Justin Gatlin and the American athletes that have tested positive for some performance-enhancing drug, served the suspension on, she said, do you believe that the, well, she was asked, do you believe that those people should be in the Olympics at all? And to her credit, she didn't back down. She said, no. She said, those athletes, whether U.S. or otherwise, should not be Olympians. 
What are your thoughts on this? And I and and I think this goes back to performance enhancing drugs in in all sports, right? I don't think it's just the Olympics here. Ash, I'd prefer to hear your thoughts on this. Wow. Okay. I'm throwing it back at you. You you know my thoughts in baseball, right? Yeah. I think that they should be suspended for a full year, if not more. My thought in in most sports is you pay your penance and you're done. And you move on. And you move on. And it's been my – I will say it's been what I've thought for a very long time. And you can make your penance for whatever it is. If you want to ban people for five years in the Olympics, go for it. But once you I'm, – I'm a big proponent of re- reformation. And – I think that once somebody reforms themselves or has paid their penance or done their time, you start afresh. Now, let me go back on the start afresh point. Because the Russian swimmer, you know, she tested positive for something that they that they considered illegal as of February Yeah, 1st. this is the Mary, Maria Sharapova drug. Yes, where, but she took, they couldn't prove that she took it after the February 1st. Now, you believe in second chances. Do you believe in third and fourth and fifth? No. I think once you, you get your second chance and then you become chronic, for lack of a better term. If you have done it, you, look, first, what, what's the old adage? First time, shame, shame on me. You. First shame time, on shame on you. Second, second time, time, shame, shame on, on me. I thoroughly believe that. One time is a coincidence. Two times is a problem. And I think of that the same way in baseball. I said, first time, a year. Second time, you're gone. And I don't want to hear, I didn't mean to do it. I don't want to hear it wasn't labeled correctly. I don't want to hear these excuses. And we'll get to the NFL with Lane Johnson, who has a, who has a similar excuse. But the fact is, you are responsible for your body. You are responsible for what you put in. If you're a professional athlete, you have so many. We talk about drunk driving all the time, right, where – especially in the NFL, where you have the opportunity to pick up a phone, call an anonymous source, and have a car brought to you free of charge anywhere in the world and drive you anywhere you want. If that's the case, you have the ability, if you're Lane Johnson, who who right now is supposedly going to get suspended for 10, 10 games due to a supplement that he said called the NFLPA and – was told that this supplement was okay. That's what he was told. And he got tested for a supplement that was obviously not okay. Well, the NFLPA also does another thing. They say, send in the drug. We'll test it. And we'll tell you whether it's okay. Because sometimes companies mislabel things. Don't put everything on their label. Take advantage. This is your body. This is your career. I cannot – look, I'm a lawyer. Seth is a CPA. We cannot admit stupidity if we do something wrong. It won't get us out. <laughs> We're responsible for whatever we do. Seth is responsible for, for signing his name on every tax form. I am responsible as a notary for signing my name and for pleadings. I am responsible for signing my name. Same applies to the Olympics. I think Emily King is right. Gatlin, I believe, was suspended already twice. He shouldn't play. No, I think it was twice, actually. We're going to look that up, but I believe it was twice. Seth got Seth's on there. So anyway, so back to where we were before. 
I'm interested in watching the USA basketball team. More to the point that I, I think I'd be really ticked off if I wasn't watching the game that if they lost, they lost. More than anything else. Not if they keep winning. I think I'm, I'm waiting for the luge accident. Or I'm waiting for the archery guy that shoots it into the crowd. Or shoots backwards. Or shoots it up. He was banned twice. He's banned twice. He's done. As far as I'm concerned, he's done. So, Lily King, spot on. So, anyway, that's what are your opinions on this? I kind of concur. Um, kind of concur? Kind of concur. Not exactly. Which means you kind of don't concur. I, don't. I, I, I have problems. Fighting is such a gray area, and that's the problem to begin with, because when you're gray, you almost have to give the benefit of the doubt to the athlete. Why? That's my question. Why do you have to give the benefit of the doubt? This is their body. This is a second no, time, what I'm not saying, a first no, no, time. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, if there is unclarity about whether a drug should have, whether a drug was illegal, about the Russian incident, not necessarily Gatlin. No, Gatlin. Should, no, I completely agree. Second one, you should be gone. I actually think that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so um, where's your unconcurrency? Well, they may have taken this, but this was this was legal at this point, but it's not legal now. But we can't prove whether it was taken in March when it was oh, illegal. Oh, I'm on that. It, that gray area. I don't think anything is that black and white. And I, I, so I find a little – there's a very funny article on ESPN. I was trying to find it about LaShawn Merritt. He's a friend of 400. And he was banned for 21 months. Until they found out the supplement that he took was because he took Ascend. If you're familiar, if you Google Ascend, it, it allows your um, him or you to become full match. What? I've never heard of this. So he actually went back to the 7-Eleven, got proof that he bought the Ascend from the, the woman who remembered him. Right. And they actually had, they actually allowed it to go. They, did, they, they overturned the ban. <laughs> They overturned the bet. Is he who? You know what? Though, but look, that's why there are appeals. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Look, you have the right to prove your innocence. I never said that you shouldn't be able to do that. And I think, in some ways, the one time that you mess up is your ignorance, is your stupidity. Yeah. But at a second time. No, I agree with you. Like the second time, I think at a certain point you have to take. It's not a coincidence anymore. And even if it was, you just have to take responsibility for, your, for the action. You know, I make some, I make a mistake. I have to pay penalty. You know, I pay, I, I screw something up. I can't fix it. You're not perfect. Ask my wife. Uh, she would definitely agree with me. Anyway. So, what has been your favorite moment of the Olympics so far? So, my favorite moment. Is Katie Ledecky coming out with that big ass smile? Because for all the people that go around Phelps, so that's one of them. The other one is when Phelps got beaten. So he got beaten in the was it the fly or the free or it was the, it was the 200 fly. Fly, and he got beaten by a guy that took a picture with him 10 years ago. Loved it. Also love the 35-year-old U.S. man 
that won the 53 Anthony without Irving. taking a damn breath. Yeah. I love that because I've done 53 without taking a breath, and I can't do it in probably twice the time that he did it. And I did it at like 20. <laughs> and I don't know if you know that he, he won the Olympic medal. 15 years ago. 15 years ago in, in 2000 in Sydney, and he sold it, the medal. Pardon. He sold the medal to, um, to, for, to benefit tsunami victims. And then he slept on couches. Right. Like he was homeless for years until he figured out, I want to do this again. 35 years old winning a gold medal in the 53 is kind of unbelievable. I, 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 though, and granted, I just said that my three favorite moments were all swimming. All American. All American. But to be fair, I don't think that's, an, that's a problem so much. No, I don't either. Because, again, we are Americans. So I don't need to be unbiased towards Americans. I can root for Americans. Well, is it wrong that I rooted for Ivan Drago in, in Rocky Four? It is because you're an idiot and you knew he was going to lose. Wait, wait, did you root for him against Rocky or against Apollo? Apollo. There's a big difference because Apollo because Apollo was cocky and and said I'm just going to take it to him and there was no way. And I actually like the fact that Apollo. Lost, not died. <laughs> Lost. You do realize this is a movie, right? I do. Anyway, you say I quote movies all the time. I do. I like that Brazil. Actually, you want to know my favorite moment? It doesn't involve any of these guys, any Americans. Believe it or not, it's when Brazil beats Spain in basketball. I loved watching hometown teams. I do. I love watching teams that they're the underdogs. Look, Brazil has what two NBA players. Leonardo Barbosa and Nene. Is it uh, No, he's sitting out. Okay. And Nene. So they have two, and they beat a Spain team that is loaded with them. So I, I really did like that. My worst part is that, look, there are muggings in, in Rio, and there are all these stories coming out of Rio that are awful. I mean – the Olympics should be a place of safe haven, not a place where you actually, where the Olympic team, the Olympic city has said you are not allowed to go to the beach after 10 o'clock at night. I think that is a sad state of affairs in Rio. What's been your favorite moment? My favorite moment was watching Juan Martin. We talk about sports that we don't really believe belong in the, belong in the Olympics. We talked about golf. Um, and tennis is probably another one along the same lines. I don't know. Laporto? Laporta? Yeah, Porto. Laporta. Now, Porto. Juan Martín Del Porto, who, for those of you who are tennis fans, I know there's a couple who listen. For those of you who don't, may not recognize the name. Del Porto won the U.S. Open, beating Federer in 09. For the last six years, he has been injured. He has currently ran, he has had wrist up problems can, he has barely played. And somehow he ended up healthy enough. He's ranked somewhere in the low 100s. His talent's probably top three. And what does he do in his first match? He beats Novak Djokovic. What does he do in the semis? He beats Rafi Nadal. Now, he didn't have enough after the Nadal, Nadal match, which is, which is a magnificent performance. Um, to to beat Andy Murray in the finals. But the emotion that you saw out of, out of Del Porto finally being healthy and able to play and the ovation that he got was, was really, was incredible. 
Um, I thought that was great. Look, I mean, I think watching Ledecky has been pretty amazing. Watching Simone Manuel's face when she realized she won the 100, or was it two? I go even further. I, I don't remember the 35-year-old uh, Dragos, Drigos, Diagos. Anthony Irvin? No, it's the woman. There's a woman that won the um, – what she won? She won the Butterfly, I believe. That ha- that was Isn't that Husky? I'm going to have to look it up. Okay. Anyway, I'll look it up. Continue on. So, I mean, I thought that was great. I thought the 43-year-old U.S. biker who won for the third straight time, and her kid came out and said, why are you crying after she won? In the first, I thought it was great. Kristen Armstrong, I think, was her name. Um, I, like, I like these stories. This is, to me, what the Olympics is. I mean, what I hate, and yeah, I'm going to be obviously a little bit biased about it, I detest um, – when the Israeli beat the Egyptian in judo and the oh. Egyptian wouldn't shake his hand, forgetting that I'm Jewish and, and obviously, you know, have my feelings on, on this whole, on this thing as a whole, um, you know, Israel was not allowed, the Lebanese, the person running, running the Lebanese bus wouldn't allow the Israelis on. Um, you know, this has become, and these are countries, now Egypt has, has acknowledged, the, I believe Lebanon has as well. So I mean this this idea this idea is antiquated and just and just sad. Um, you know, Ryan, as you said, Ryan Lockie being mugged, although not really admitting to being mugged, but being mugged. You know, half of the Russians don't even don't even appear because of all the doping. It was Maya Dorado. Maya Dorado's twenty-two. She is. Yeah, she's retiring at age twenty-three to become. She went to Stanford. She's retiring to move to Atlanta. She's twenty-three years old. Oh, well. Good call on that, though. Like, yeah, well, the the elation that she had when she won yeah. was was touching. And, again, it's these guys that much the same way as the guy that beat Phelps in the fly, right? The guy that you don't expect to yeah, win. Schooling. Schooling. Right. But what's your, been your disappointment so far? Beside, in, in the sports, outside of Rio, I think it has to be women's soccer, right? The women's soccer, we, they never, they didn't look good. I, I'm forgetting that they lost even in, in, in the quarters. They didn't look good throughout Agreed. the whole thing. Um, Hope Solo's comments were pretty ridiculous. Hope Solo is one of those things that I put up with the Egyptians in, in that type of class. In fact, no class. Absolutely none. She is the equivalent to me of the Allen Iverson type person, a person that you are not happy to represent you as an Olympian at all. Yes, there's talent, but she's Nick Lelouch. She's a million dollar arm and a 10 cent head. And uh, I think a million dollar body. Oh, that too. But I, I really think that this is her final Olympics. I don't think that they'll even bring her back. Basically. Probably not. Yeah. Um, Cause she's 35 actually right now. Um, it's been a, it's been a fun Olympics, and there's still a lot to go, and there's upsets to be had. Um, there was the uh, the refugee team. Oh, that was her. That was Maya on the radio, on the TV. Excuse okay. me. The ref the refugee, the swimmer that went from Syria and somehow ended up in Germany, but she won a heat in the Olympics was pretty neat. Awesome. Um, I believe there was a one person from the refugee who won a medal, though I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Um, it's been. It's, it's just actually also love the. There's kind of showing an overview of some of the, what's going on. I love watching the rugby. 
really enjoyed the watching watching both the men's and women's rugby. Is a rug is rugby an Olympic sport though? Probably not, but I have less of an issue with it. Maybe because it's not Americanized for the most part. Yeah. Maybe it's just I have an issue with the with the with the with the team sports, and I realize that basketball plays into this, where the U.S. is going to dominate without a problem. It's why I love the U.S. men's soccer team so much because they've never been a favorite. Yeah, but the, so your point was you don't like professionals. I mean, a lot of that, right? So right. the hockey, we are certainly not the dominant team by no. any stretch of the imagination. No. Do you believe hockey belongs in the Olympics? I do. Okay, and so I, there's. I, I'm, I'm under, yeah. Again, I understand. It is a, it is a very good setup about you. Well done. Thank you. Um, I understand that there's probably some hypocrisy in my thought process, but tough. I mean, it's. Yes, we can't get it to work, Sean. We've been trying to get an electrician here for two months. Um, I'm not saying it's right, but, yeah, the hockey I enjoy, because the hockey also, I really don't know who's going to win going in. I feel if someone actually asked me on, on IM, you know, what, is the, what are the chances that the U.S. wins considering how, considering how they've done in the last three games? I would still say the U.S. is about a 75% chance that they're going to win this thing. Oh. I'd actually say more. Okay. I, I think it's ninety to ninety-five percent. Okay. I don't think. I think it's still an upset if they lose. It I is mean, an upset. A huge upset. It is a huge. Lose. It is a very big upset, especially with Spain and France. Neither of them playing really at their capabilities because of age and everything else. What I love about the Olympics is the competition and the unsurety of the of the sports that I know well. I know hockey well enough, not to the degree that you do. But I don't know if it's going to be the Russians or the Canadians or the Americans or the Swedes or the Finns. I don't. I would think the Canadians will be the, usually be the favorites, but it's not. There's no foregone conclusion. Let me give you another question. Do you think it's less? It's more of an Olympic sport because it's more of a team sport. And I think hockey is much more of a team sport than basketball. I think you get five guys in basketball and you win. I think you get the top five guys in hockey. You don't necessarily <laughs> win. Well. But I think, remember, those five guys only do a shift every three, four minutes. They're off the ice a lot. Yeah, I don't think that plays a part in it for me. Okay. Um, because dominance is certainly easier in basketball than it ever is in hockey. You only need five guys. A... Right. And you don't. You get three dominant players in, in National Hockey League, and you get the rest of them are scrubs. You will never win a Stanley Cup, especially if one of them is not a goalie. You, you can do that. Uh, just something that plays into it, I think, as far as dominance. You need a lot more dominance in hockey than you would ever need in basketball. So, in the five minutes, what is your expectation? What are you looking forward to in the last four or five minutes? I'm looking forward to the end of the closing ceremonies. I really, do you ever watch the closing ceremonies? I do. Ceremonies? I enjoy the closing ceremonies for many reasons. First of all, I love seeing who the team nominates to hold the flags. And... You want to guess who the U.S. is going to be? Yeah, I think it's going to be Phelps. No It's either way. going to be Phelps or Ledecky. It won't be either. I don't think it'll be either. First of all, Phelps was the flag bearer coming in. He's not going to be the flag bearer going out. Okay, so who do you think it will be? I think it's going to be Simone Manuel. Okay. You don't think it will be Ledecky? No. I think, I, I, I think that Manuel being the first African-American woman to win an individual gold medal, I think trumps it. Okay. But I do enjoy that. Look. I enjoy seeing all the athletes in their most joyous events. And I think the opening and closing ceremonies totally 
I love it. First of all, I love the opening ceremonies the most because every athlete's there. The basketball team will not be there at the closing ceremonies. They tend to leave. Athletes are given the right to leave after, the, after their event. So you, don't, so you see a lot less athletes in the closing ceremonies than you do in the opening ceremonies. I do like the passing of the torch. I think that that is fantastic stuff. Uh, it goes to Russia for the winners. Who's got the winners next? Oh, I don't know who has the It goes right. to the winner. I actually don't know. No, it wouldn't be Sochi. No, Sochi just Sochi. had it. So we're looking yeah, at 2018 winner. Then Korea. No, that's the 2020. Okay, we're going to look it up. What are you What are you looking forward to next? Or coming up? Um. I just look forward to sitting back and I, I, just enjoying it as it is. There's, but there's nothing specific I'm looking forward to. I look forward to it being over in five days and not thinking about it for four years. So it is in Pyeongchang. Oh, it is South Korea, right. right? It is in South Korea. Pyeongchang, South Wait. Korea. Pyeongchang, South Korea. So, All right, so a couple of minutes left. My last thing was going to be the Hope Solo because I, am, I was shocked by how classless she really was in that defeat, how quickly the class left, and how she would not give credit. She did everything that is not embodied in the Olympic spirit to me. She was 100% classless. She did not embody the spirit. And she's going to come across as the bitch of the Olympics. She's more famous for what she does off the field than what she does on the field, and that's a shame. It's definitely not surprising. I mean, this is not the first. This is not her first rodeo with making comments along these Agreed, lines. Agreed, but you would hope by thirty-five she would have learned. Guess not. All right, you're up. Two minutes left. Uh, just for just for bleeps and giggles, uh, for the Therese Chapman <laughs> gets taken out. Oh, he gets the save. And the song that they choose to play is by Prodigy called Smack My Bitch Up. Which, while kind of would be funny in other circumstances, maybe. Maybe. It's not quite as funny when you're involved in an incident where you choked your girlfriend less than a year ago and were suspended for the first 30 days of the season based on this. I'm not sure exactly if someone lost the bet. Well, they lost their job. Did they lose, the did guy they lost his job. Now, to be fair, what the hell was this guy thinking? Not, I, said, yeah, I wonder if he was paying off a bet. Because to me, what does that have to do with baseball to begin with? What does that have to do with closing a win? To me, not much. Anyway, John Lester thinks that John Papelbon should be on that team too. This would be awesome. That bullpen's going to be fantastic. And I do that with my hands like Donald. Fantastic. Everything's fantastic. Huge. And for Seth Cavins, this is Sean Palmer next week. Fancy we football. Huge, huge in the in the same. Uh, we did. And hee-haw. Hee-haw. <laughs> Fancy football next week. College football the week after. Labor Day NFL. My wife can't wait for any of these. Woohoo! <laughs> Have a good later. week, everybody. Yeah.